Yeah! On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to talk about Emiliano Grillo. I know it's not Grillo, it's Grillo. Emiliano Grillo's win on the PGA Tour this past week. Um, pretty shocking comeback on Sunday with all the guys at the top of the leaderboard. We're going to talk about Harold Varner III. We're live boys. Um, we stay stay supporting the live tour, so we're going to talk about his win at Trump in Washington, D.C. We're also going to discuss the J.B. Holmes incident, if you will, I guess depending upon how you look at it. Um, the story coming out from John Bradley's local club this past weekend. And we're going to create the perfect golfer. Um, there was a tweet about it this week. I've actually had it in the archives for a while, and it seems like a perfect week to get on it and create our own perfect golfers, adding in some style, some hair. You know, we're not lame and just going to talk stats. Like, we're going to talk style as we're both styling in our Pins and Aces gear. This pod is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Pins and Aces. As you can see here, if you're listening to this pod, we are on YouTube. So head over to the YouTube and watch us. Watch us. Uh, I got the sick man bun today, and I don't look bald in this new studio that we're in, so it's fire. Lights doing you some favors. Lights are doing me some favors. I look a lot tanner uh, than I normally do. But check out pinsandaces.com. Use promo code BDE for 15% off. As you guys can see here, we just released the DNVR polo right down there from Pins and Aces. This is not the first collab. Oh, no, it is the first collab that we've done with them, but not the last. So Pins and Aces has the beer sleeve, the liquor stick, all that good stuff. So check it out at pinsandaces.com. Promo code BDE. Also, if you put your orders in on like Tuesday, they have Warehouse Wednesday, which is they give away a bunch of free stuff on Wednesdays for people that put their orders in on Tuesday. So make sure to check that out on a Tuesday, pinsandaces.com, promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... under winning another event like is colonial that hard no it's it's not that just a bunch hard. of shit players yeah just a weak field i mean it was hard for michael block <laughs> if we're if we're being if we're real being real honest if dude, you don't but, don't talk about him too much he might cry yeah oh he'll he bust out the waterworks it. i can only imagine what he did when he saw his family i get to see he my just, kids tonight he just melted into a puddle he's been on tour for a week and a half what a lame um but you know, everybody's always talked about, like, we should put a 10 handicapper out there just as, like, a proxy. Oh, my God. That was, Don't like, my, yeah, that was like Michael Block this so week. Fucked up. It, it was a dude that, yes, he played very well. He played as well as he possibly could PGA Championship week. And then, obviously, got a lot of media attention, went on a bunch of different shows, said things he probably shouldn't have said. 
about have we talked about the no this, let's this, let's this, recap let's dive yeah into so that. the biggest comment he made was that um bob menery not trying to plug him or anything it was just all over social media bob menery asked him are you is Rory, obvi- he's like obviously Roy, rory's better than you and he almost baited him into it a little bit like he he wanted him to say that he wasn't or like rory wasn't better than him but he goes, no, Rory isn't better than me. He just hits it further than me. Um, he goes, if I hit it as far as Rory, I would be one of the best in the world. My short game, my iron game, this and that. And then uh, goes out and shoots, I think, 80 the first day and then 74 the second day at Colonial, which is um, – he even said it in the interview. It's a ball striker's course. You don't need distance. You need accuracy, and you need a short game, and he showed up with neither of those tools in his bag. So, dude, straight DFL, yeah, by three oh, yeah. shots over Harry Higgs. He looked horrible. Um, but I and I don't want to drag him too bad, but it's just justice for even if somebody tees that up for you, literally, um, you don't say that you're better than Rory. You don't. And, and this was kind of like the debate all week with him at the PGA was at first everyone's like oh we love him this and that and then and then he's like no i can compete out here and everybody's like no you can't and like then i kind of started to dislike him and then i liked him again and then i kind of ended up not liking him it just I, do you think the media ruined it like did he do too much or could he have like just stopped doing all these interviews I, i'm sure he wasn't getting paid like he was doing all this stuff unpaid he was on like Pat McAfee, uh, probably on the Today Show. He's on ESPN. He was all over, like, the sports world. Yeah, I think it was a little overplayed for where he ended up actually finishing. Like, I'm not... I'm going to sit here from this fucking comfy chair behind a mic and say that it's easy to be 15th at the PGA Championship. It's not... That's not easy. But I think that it was overblown how... Like, he shot a couple of even par rounds. This wasn't an event where the winner was 25 under and he was, oh, 22 or 23. Like, like yeah, there's playing a different, to an there, even par golf golf course is much easier, even in a major championship, yeah. than going out and competing at another course that I guess was pretty close to even par. A couple of our guys, uh, top 10s that we had in Ricky Fowler and Sam Burns were only five under in there, and you get a top 10 off of that. But as you can see... Uh, Colonial, which he thought may fit his game, and he finishes DFL. Like, yeah. that is just a detriment to how tough the game is, first of all. And we've talked about that a million times. A testament times. or a detriment? Testament. <laughs> my my vocabulary is very... His, it's his like go- a seventh grade. His golf league. game was a detriment. His, de- his <laughs> golf himself. game was a de- detriment to the testament that golf is hard. Oh, wow. That, there we go. That's too many words to unpack. Basically just saying they overblew how great he played like for the whole PGA championship and then making a hole in one, I think added to that obviously. Yeah. But I don't think that he's, I think he got caught in a a wave of just soaking that in and he's going to go back and he's probably crying because of all the lessons he's now backed up on for multiple weeks. I would be, I, uh, I get nervous every 30 minute lesson I have. I'm like, what if I can't help this person in over a year? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, like somebody that you don't know, and you're just like, I don't know what 
if I can help you. You're going to no, pay me, and I don't know if I'm going to help you. Yeah, he just, he, I mean, he had a little bit of, like, arrogance about him, but I think one of the biggest things, too, with him was just the general letdown of, like, he was only prepared to play in the PGA. Like, that's a PGA Pro Super Bowl. So imagine, like, you take one of the Super Bowl teams this year, and you're like, oh, you have to go play a game next week that's not as important but it, you know it's beneficial for you to. Play. It, it's not a great comparison, but there's so I'm sure there's so much buildup for him playing in that event in the PGA. To then he's like, oh, I'm going to play again next week, and it's one of those things where I don't blame him for not turning it down. But like Shannon Sharp has talked about this, and Michael Block could have done this also. Shannon Sharp always had the mindset of like he retired early, he cut his career short. And he was like, I knew I couldn't do it, but I wanted everybody else to still think I could do it. If I was Michael Block, I may have not played at Colonial just to leave on that finish. Like, everybody thinks I'm the man. Uh, like, Mike White, Mike White with the Jets, his one start where he was phenomenal and everyone's like, oh, he's going to be their next starter, this and that. And then, I mean, he goes out and shits the bed the next five games and everyone's like, oh, okay, so that one start wasn't really who he is like he would have been better off never playing another game after that. And it's like a tale as old as time. Cardell Jones back in whatever year that was had that one phenomenal game. So I think it's, it's definitely a buildup for him to the point where it was just, he was just like a deflated balloon walking around colonial and he's probably short on fucking sodium from all that crying he was doing. I don't know how he didn't cramp up. Uh, walking around out there in that Texas heat. But it was, uh, overall, I think he got what he deserved. <laughs> I hate to say that, but he deserved to be humbled a little bit because that's, everybody thinks that they're a world-class golfer until you got to be out there doing world-class golf things, and he clearly is not in that position. Yeah, he probably should hit more than one bucket. Did he only hit one bucket of balls, you think, between? Uh... He's probably worn out with all the golf. I mean, that's a real thing, too. Like, I'm playing three rounds of golf this weekend in two days, and I, I'm i sticking to chipping practice only. Like, I'm not – I don't want to even hit a bucket because I'm going to be fucking worn out. All right. And well, maybe that's because of the physical boys. shape I'm in, but it's also just I, – I honestly feel – and maybe he felt this way too where his game was better when he practiced less, and then all of a sudden he's playing – full-time tour pro for a week and he's like fuck like i don't want to go hit 200 balls and chip for six hours like it could have made his game worse you never yeah. know it's a lot more fun to hit balls after you've just given like three hour lessons you're like oh i've been watching this shitty golf i can hit hit a few myself you just want to like... see one go straight and get up in the air <laughs> yeah one one get airborne yeah it's a great confidence booster um but no emiliano grio uh with a 68 the last day uh, Adam Shank kind of shanked his way around the golf course, had a two-shot lead going into um, Sunday, and it was really just kind of a a hodgepodge of like if you ask the average the average golf watcher, the top five players they know one of them, and that's Scotty. Yeah, who's by the way um, finished top twenty in every single event he's like played in in, in, in like two years. Yeah, that's it's, insane. I saw a tweet that said if. You bet $100 on Scotty Scheffler to top 20, 
and just kept rolling that over, you'd now have like 21 grand. Yeah. Just for every tournament. If you just rolled it over and bet that on the next tournament, the next tournament, the next tournament. I did want to give that out this week on the DraftKings Sportsbook just to like know that I have a winner in in the bag, but it was I don't even know if they I think he's like minus one seventy five to top ten. Oh, so him being top twenty has just gotta be an absolute disaster. It's probably minus five hundred. It's like the Nuggets. Minus three hundred. It's the Nuggets in the Heat. Minus three hundred Nuggets over Heat. We are going to an NBA Finals game tomorrow. We are. Cannot contain my excitement. Um, but so Adam Shank, Scotty Scheffler, Harry Hall, dude, what the fuck is that guy? Dude, Harry Hall, he looks like Peaky. He looks like Thomas Shelby. Oh, he even got. Um, I heard Peaky Blinders yell or screams after he hit shots because he's got the old school hat. He had the mustache, or no, just the goatee. I think no mustache, just a goatee. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for your average person, but. I guess he pulls it off. It's the man that makes the facial hair, not the facial hair that makes the man. Correct? Not for me. <laughs> no. Because I am a, without a, a beard, whatever you call this. Just hair on your face. I'm literally a 12-year-old. Yeah. With a double chin. Yeah. This camera angle would not, it's already not great for me, but it'd be even worse. No, it'd be horrible. I'd be, lo- like, I, no, it's, uh, that's why I have to have a beard. I don't even know if my beard's good. Use a lot of Manscaped products, just for the record. But yeah, the overall overarching thing, uh, <laughs> oh, the overarching oh. thing about my beard is that it hides my double chin. It's not because it's a good beard. For sure, all. no. I I mean, and there's reasons. Everyone has their facial hair, but I don't see an exact reason to have just a, just a a little goatee. It's not a great look. Well, so this does make me feel better, and this may be a super like. Is there a thing called nationalistic? Where you don't like like countries, you know, like you can be racist, you can be sexist, you can possibly. Be, um, he he's from England, yeah. So that makes me feel like a million times better about the way he looks. Yeah, no, he's like on brand for his. Yeah, like country. I thought that was an American dude, and I was like actually oh. kind of an upset about it. Well, that's like Bryson DeChambeau before he, and he's only twenty five. Holy shit! The dude I thought looks he was like, like he's 30. forty. Yeah, I thought he was. 30 okay, plus. I actually respect this dude's swag way more now. Yeah. No, he's a legit player. He actually... Three top 10s this year. He had it to 12 under through two days, so he kind of fell back, struggled on the weekend. He's still, like you said, he's trending in the right direction, but he hasn't gotten that win yet. Um, but the weekend played very tough. If you've got the leader going back more than four shots in two days, uh, going, you know... Friday going in at 12 under into the weekend. And then what did he end up at? Six under? Uh, seven. So he shot 72, 73 on the weekend, which is a par on 70. On a par 70, yeah. So he did not have himself a great weekend. But overall, it was another one of those um, kind of buildups before what is now the Memorial Week, which is an awesome week every year. Um, everybody just talks about the milkshakes at Jack's place, but it's a great golf course. We'll get into it. I do want to talk about, because if I'm being dead honest, I tuned in to live this week more than I tuned into the PGA Tour. Whoa, you're hitting up the C-dubs? The C-W, yeah. Wow. Right after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, Did they cut the coverage short? No. Well, I didn't watch, is it Sunday or Saturday is the last day? I don't know what the last day of their tournament is. No one knows. You just turn it on, and it's just the second round or whatever. Um, But Harold Varner III, so the golf course itself is actually very cool. Um, 
Allie, what is that river that runs through uh, Washington, D.C., the big one? The Potomac. The Potomac, yeah. So it was, thank you. Um, it was right on the Potomac River. Very cool golf course. Very, very challenging golf course by the looks of it. Um, there's a par three that was right up next to the water where there's literally like three feet of, of grass between hazard and the edge of the green. And it was a little bit windy. So overall, and honestly, like I like watching the live too, because then you can see the national media isn't really talking about it, but then you can see who's playing well, like building up to the U S open, you know? So you look at like live guys odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and you can be like, Oh, this guy's playing really well, but his odds feel a little bit inflated. Like they're not catching on to that. You know what I mean? So like Harold Varner, the third is a world-class player and he's only, I think this is a second worldwide win. Um, I think he won in Dubai uh, or. Oh yeah. That was the one where he made like that, the 60 a 90 footer. Foot, yeah. He made like a 90 footer off the green. Um, and then he won this last week at uh, Trump in Washington, DC. So I was very interested in, in that just from the standpoint of challenging golf course, um, it's he a fire sixty four. Yeah, the opening round like that's no joke. No, he went very low, and then I think the last two days were kind of just holding on seventy two sixty eight. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but overall, I, I, it interests me for sure, and I think Liv has done this where they, uh, set themselves up on weeks where the PJ Tour kind of has a down week. You know what I mean? Like they're not going head to head. Like it's kind of like golf versus football. You know, they golf has wised up and change their scheduling to not, you know, football's always going to win versus golf. And that's kind of the thing. Like if you have a big PGA tour event versus a live event, the PGA tour events going to get most of the coverage, the, the eyeballs, all that. But then you put it on a week where the PGA tour is on kind of a down week. And it, I, I don't really know what the numbers look like, but I, I assume they're doing that for more viewers. Yeah. Well, and the, you can even break that down more into um, like live in PGA being finishing on a Saturday normally mm. as like, okay, nobody wants, you know, you're probably going to lose some eyes on a Sunday round if you're going head to head. But if you're going on a Saturday, you're not going to get the same, you're not going to have to worry about it. And of course they had to schedule it around the majors. So they're already looking at the PGA tour schedule. Yeah. You know, they, they, ha these two are such competitors now. There's obviously clearly, a loser right now or, or a, a less competitive one. Yeah. I should say from an, a, a, the nation standpoint, you know, you, you ask any individual yeah, person, public. exactly the general yeah. public standpoint, clearly the live tour is not quite the PGA tour, but they've done the, the right things in terms of paying attention to, all right, why are we, why are, when are we going to finish? When, what are we going to do differently? They literally created the live tour to, do everything it's like it's like if they got a if you got a redo in life greg norman basically went you, you know i went back and i didn't you know date this girl in sixth grade because that was a bad idea so i dated this other girl and then it, it spiraled into this and that so like th they're redoing everything that they know they're they're creating the same product you're creating the same life i just made a great analogy i think by the way uh, you lost me i'm Okay, but keep going. Greg Norman it. creating the live tour. He's basically going back on everything. He, yeah, he, he learned from all the PGA Correct. Tour mistakes. Yeah, and so he's rewriting history by creating the live tour and doing exactly what he wants to do differently. It's the same thing. It's still a professional golf tour. Yeah. But what is he doing? Making it shorter, letting him wear shorts, all the other things 
that are, that players don't like. Like he has the upper hand and For he sure. has money behind him, which is the yeah the that one. definitely helps. Uh, one thing I did hear though is that, and maybe I was in the dark on this, and I don't know why I didn't know this, but. If the live tour just went to 72 holes, they could apply for world golf ranking points. Yeah. Well, interesting you say that. So this article I'm reading right now, just talking about the the live final results, prize money payout, leaderboard, blah, blah, blah. It it says like very state, very just a matter of fact, Varner the third earned no official world golf ranking points with the win. The official world golf rankings does not offer points to 54 hole events above the developmental level. <laughs> Yeah, like just so, that's like the first thing you read. Oh, okay. So that I mean, I don't know if they had made that public and and live is just like that is the one frustrating thing is they're like, why won't you give us world golf ranking points? This is a rule that was made. You know, they knew this going in, so that that kind of bugs me now that live continues to complain about no world golf ranking points when they're basically asking the rules of golf to change the rules for them. Versus, like, they're not directly shutting Liv out, um, but they basically are saying the, these were the rules, you know, play by them or don't. So right. that that's annoying now that Liv is, like, complaining about that. Right, because, like we just talked about, they've done everything to be different and make the product more enjoyable for the players. Yeah. Except for just adhering to that rule. And maybe it was the 54 whole thing was just such a big draw for them that was, like... You know, you have to weigh your options type of scenario. Yeah, I don't really think one more round. Like, these guys are all used to playing four rounds. I don't think they would have a problem. I think it's the the more condensed schedule and the more time off is really what matters. Like, these guys are already on, on site. Like, what's them playing one more day? You know what I mean? It's not um, going to really hurt anything for them all to play another day. And then they get their World Golf ranking points. And who knows who else that would attract? if they do get world golf ranking points, like, and you can go to live and still, you know, earn your way into the Ryder cup. And, Oh, that's a whole other topic, which was hilarious. I was just about to segue into that actually. And thanks for coming to our live Ted talk again. Um, but John Rahm said this weekend, it's a little sad quote. It's a little sad to me that politics have gotten in the way of such a beautiful event. Again, it's the best Europeans against the best Americans, period. Whatever is going on, whoever's playing live and who's not playing live, to me, it shouldn't matter. Guys like this are, anybody can say this. Guys with that level of importance going on, tournaments after he's done playing and talking to the media and being the PGA Tour guy, like the, the his words have weight. Oh yeah, they definitely mean something, I would think. And uh, I think when it comes down to just winning the Ryder Cup, like it's golf in its purest form. You want the best players on that team. And John Rahm's going to be a part of the, you know, the European team. And he wants to play with those best players. And I really think it's um, relatively on the European tour side. There's, is there anybody on live? I mean, that would, I think only Henrik Stenson would qualify right now or is playing well enough to maybe get a captain's pick. But a lot of the guys on the live tour, it, it wouldn't affect the European team near as much as it would affect affect the U.S. team, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, the yeah. U.S. like has, Cam Smith wouldn't be. No, there? that's Australia. He plays uh, the Presidents Cup. Oh, so he just gets straight boned out of the whole th- the whole well, deal. <laughs> no, he, I I, I, I don't thought it was know. more like America versus the world. No, that's Presidents Cup. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, this is a golf podcast. So let's get informed. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, it wouldn't affect the European team near as much as it would affect the U.S. team because you've got Brooks, you know, potentially Patrick Reed, potentially Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson. Um, like the, poten- the U.S. Ryder Cup. Potentially Harold for the last yeah. 10, you know, yeah, 10 it, years. Exactly. Years. So it would, it would affect the U.S. team greatly and relatively speaking, and it will change like the history of the Ryder Cup because then all of these Ryder Cups going forward p- could be looked at if they don't allow live players could be looked at as, you know, well, it wasn't all the best players in the world. So it's, it's like a situation we've never had before, which just keeps right on par with uh, the, the entire live tour in general. It's uh, all these things we've never seen before and it'll be easier once we watch it happen. But for now you can just speculate. Yeah. And it's so crazy. If you were like a, under a rock for the last since live started and you look at this live leaderboard varner grace mito munoz stenson ustazen na ogletree deshambo you're like holy fuck what a stacked stacked pga tour event yeah exactly like i think that is another reason why i would would rather watch live is because this weekend specifically is it's just more household recognizable names um you know and maybe that's the consumer's problem i probably need to do better research on Adam Shank and Harry Hall and, you know, all these guys, like they just, you know, I, I don't think these guys on the PGA tour for the most part are, are stars. And then you have a guy, Scotty Scheffler, that is a star that you can't really market because he doesn't do any, he doesn't have a personality. Like you can't mark. He's not compelling enough. He's not. I I would. I was just saying the Nuggets whole thing. Oh yeah. 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 They're not compelling enough. Oh, I know. And I sound like, Everybody in the national media. But you're not wrong. No. For, in this instance. Yeah. Uh, but I think if we're comparing Jokic to Scotty Scheffler, I think Jokic has done more funny shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, Scotty like, Scheffler, like, he he loves his wife. He kisses his wife all the time. He loves Jesus. So does every high school baseball coach who gives a fuck. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, like if Scotty Scheffler had two UFC fighting brothers <laughs> with a criminal record, then I'd be interested. Yeah. That color me interested. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. So yeah, I just 100%. Scotty's v- very vanilla. You know, you've got guys out on the PGA Tour. It, Emiliano Grillo is actually a fun watch, though. I do like the guy. He's a, uh, I think he's Argentinian. Is yeah, that? that is correct. The blue um, blue flag or white flag, blue stripes at the top with, with the little a little gold in the middle. I think it's a sun. Is it? Is uh, it? Oh, yeah. well done. Um, we're getting better at our job. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily geography, but. Uh, he is, he is actually fun to watch. Um, five, six, seven years ago, he was a top 20 player in the world. So I've actually bet him a few times. Of course I did not bet him this week. No. Um, so naturally he would win. struck out this week, but we're coming, we were coming off a winner, dude. What can you expect? Yeah. It's we're Michael blocking it. It's just the (laughs) letdown after the big dance. So uh, we're ramping back up for this week. (laughs) Yeah. Memorial is going to be great. It's a great watch. Um, you want to just get, let's just get into our picks now since we've kind of been talking about sure. current PGA tour. Um, so if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, head over to at big drive energy pod on the Insta. We post our picks every week on Wednesday. Um, so you have time to get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook and place those bets. Uh, we are currently, like I said, off a winner. We, I've won two PGA championships in a row. No big deal. No um, big deal. But we are... Every week we have, we'll give you a couple guys in the top ten. Yeah. We we haven't actually had a week where we've completely struck out, and I don't know if we've had one this year. So we give you three players, 
You bet them how you want, but we're betting them to win in top 10 in all these events. So I'm going to start. Um, the DraftKings was giving us a nice little boost. Patrick can't lay, man, and just can't not bet him at Memorial. Like, he's won it twice. He is plus 1,000 to win it because, once again, we've got one of these events where you've got two idiotic lines with Scheffler and Rom that are not worth taking. So we find the value right below that, and that is with Patrick Cantlay. He is plus 1,250 with the boost to win and plus 115 to top 10. Uh, Sunjay M, kind of a, a down year. I think he either finished dead last or was close to dead last in the PGA Championship. Oh, wow. Um, but he's got the the right game for Jack's place. He like was I, actually kind of a, yeah, he's a great iron player. He was on my radar. It was it was a close like pick for me because I think he's got some good value there. Yeah, and then Denny McCarthy, uh, or Sanjay M is plus 3,500 to win and plus 320 to top 10. Uh, Denny McCarthy, he's not going to win this event. I'm telling you right now, I'm just giving you his odds to win the event at plus 10,000. Hopefully, this is a clip where where I was wrong. If he wins at plus 10,000, we're going to Cabo We could next lose week. the rest of the year and still be up. 100%. So, and he's plus, th- this is where the value is for me, is he's plus 750 to top 10. So, I mean, Denny McCarthy's that guy that you're like, who's this dude? He's at the top of the leaderboard again. Yeah. It's usually Thursday, Friday, but... Or oh, I was going to say, he's kind of he could be one of those guys where he shoots four or five under Sunday and makes a jump, you know? Yeah, and th- that's what's so fun about golf, the top 10 bets. Like, you still have... We didn't have a prayer this last week. I mean, we had a prayer, I should say. It was, it was a Hail Mary, if you will. <laughs> but then we finished with two guys firmly in the top five with Ricky and Sam Burns. So it wasn't like... It's it looked bleak, but it can look bleak on Friday, and that's why golf bets are fun. They're four day bets. Yeah, how could you not like a four day bet? Yeah, they're definitely like the opposite of instant gratification. It's like a futures almost. Like, yeah, for that week. So I do, I do like a good golf bet. Um, is that that's golf, it? Oh, uh, Danny McCarthy plus ten thousand plus seven fifty. Sunjay M and Patrick Cantlay. Okay, perfect. Um, so I'm getting sucked into the Xander Shoffley hype again. Uh, the dude stays not winning, and I just think he's going to win. Um, <laughs> there's a moth floating control in the studio. Yeah, uh, that Spencer needs to kill that. Um, so Xander Shoffley is only plus 1,200 to win, plus 140 top 10. I do feel like he is a uh, a pretty good top 10 bet. I mean, he's only plus 140, but there's an outside chance he wins us at plus 1,200. Um, I do think he will win this year. He's playing good golf. So it's just a matter of catching him on the right week. Um, okay, I'm going to go Jason Day in his home. Oh, everyone's scared of the moth. Uh, Jason Day plus 2,500. In his home state, he loves Ohio. Um, Australian in Ohio couldn't be more opposite. But he loves it there. He's played well at Jack's place before. Uh, so he's plus 2,500 to win plus 240 to top 10. And then I have Tom Kim who, if you remember, uh, late last year, early this year, he was at the top of every single DraftKings odds list, you know, he's plus 1500 plus 2200 to win. Like he's got that kind of game and maybe he's not playing his best golf right now, but you never know. He's a great iron player. And Jack's play sets up for just a ball striking clinic. So I've got him plus 5,500 to win plus 450 top 10. I just realized I, I typed in, uh, Tom M. No. Oh, 
instead of Sanjay yeah. or instead so of Kim. Tom Kim. Oh, geez. So nice. Tom M is uh, on the graphic. Well done. Good typing from me at 8 a.m. this morning. Um, so before we get into this crazy sandbagging story um, and the our create a golfer, which is one, like I said, I've been wanting to do for a long time, which is, you know, when we, we have these ideas and we have these great ideas just chambered, and sometimes we just got to open the clip. And this is a week where we're just going to open the clip uh, and check this out on the YouTube. You get the visual uh, representation of myself and Mitchell, which is phenomenal yeah, it's uh, a real for treat. your viewing pleasure. But we want to tell you guys about Manscaped. And I mentioned them already. It's hot as shit out right now. And every time I play golf, I've got golf balls in my bag. I've got tees and I've got the crop mop. It is phenomenal. It makes your balls feel extremely refreshed. I'm actually going to, now that I think about it, I might bring an extra crop mop for my golf ball and see what that does. You know, like you're trying to get a competitive advantage. Maybe, maybe that cheat. Manscaped definitely gives you a competitive advantage no matter where you are. That's a you fact. like that? You yeah. like that? Well done. Um, but no, they have the Lawnmower 4.0, which has a light on it. Incredible. You can shave in the shower. It's waterproof. Um, it makes it so much easier during the summer to be able to shave your entire uh, nether regions with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. They have the whole performance package 4.0, which comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver, which tones your balls. Um, I've been trying to tone my arms lately and maybe I should start trying to tone my balls with the anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing a bathing suit or golf pants all day. Um, there's also the Weed Whacker 2.0 with, uh, that trims your nose hairs. I've been having like this weird nose hair issue lately. Like it's I called just, getting old. I can just feel them, dude. And I just like, I, yeah, dude, I, I just remember seeing when I was a kid, I'd see like an 80 year old dude and I'd be like, what the fuck is that? And now I'm like, yeah, I know what the I fuck got hair is. growing on my ears. <laughs> like shit is fucked up. That's why I, you take the weed whacker 2.0 and get in your ears, bro. Yeah, I'm not getting in my ears. I'm talking out. I don't, yeah, I don't need to hurt myself, but I have seen a stray hair on like the top of my ear and I'm like, holy shit. I should just call the funeral service place now because I'm getting, <laughs> set up the burial. Yeah, I'm getting fucking old. Um, and Father's Day is also coming up very soon. It's so a great gift. A great gift for Father's Day. The whole because a lot of older guys don't manscape even. They don't know what that is. Maybe so. that's like one of those. What is a gift you give somebody when you want them to like do something? Yeah, no, you like know that. Like I don't. Is there a word for that? No, it's just a like, gift you give somebody. Kind of but like you know what I'm under, talking about. With underlying, like you buy your wife a new vacuum. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. I have six vacuums, by the way, at my house if you ever need a vacuum. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, no, like if you're, if you're a significant other, you want them to trim it up, you get them the manscaped. Yeah, and you just tell it's them. It's a great gift. You just tell them, hey, just, you know, looking out for you. Yeah. Um, but go over to manscaped.com, use the promo code DNBR, and allow your the father in your life or um, <laughs> poppy to uh, be able to poppy trim tell- trim themselves uh, equitably for you in your in your endeavors. And did you, uh, you just ha- go off script or is that? That was off script. That oh, was completely okay. off script. So that's how I normally was... live. Um, but going back on to script with Colorado Golf Association, um, if you sign up with the code DNVR5, you can join over 75,000 golfers with the Colorado Golf Association and receive official USGA handicap. 
Speaking of handicaps, that's what we'll get into here with uh, John Bradley Holmes. But you can get an official handicap. His was clearly not official uh, with the CGA. They have a bunch of member play days and playing exclusive courses around our home state of Colorado, like Aspen Glen, Ravenna, the Pinery, and more. You get exclusive member content with offers and discounts from a bunch of different companies like even PGA Superstore. So join the Colorado Golf Association by visiting coloradogolf.org. Use the code DNVR. Get $5 off your membership, which helps save you on a handicap. If you want to go play in those golf tournaments this year, you need a handicap. You need one. Even for some scrambles or scrabbles, as JB Holmes calls them on Twitter, you need a handicap. So if you want to play better golf, you can track your handicap, see how much better or worse, hopefully not, you're getting. Uh, see your local PGA professional. But Colorado Golf can help you do that if you are in this great state. You get $5 off your membership with DNVR5. All right, speaking of handicaps, John Bradley Holmes, lay it out there for us. Act like I have never heard this story before. Yeah, so, well, basically, it, uh, it came to be that he was found out at one of his local clubs at home playing in a, they call it a gangsome. I don't, that sounds kind of fucked up, honestly, if we're being <laughs> real. Um, There's but, some fucked up terms in golf that if you hear them and you're like, like somebody says something, you're like, you need to know it's golf. Yeah, like Other. a gangsome. Yeah. That's the difference between, that's like a gangbang and a foursome. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where my head went with that. Um, but no, it's just a scramble with six players. So I don't know so why they had to call it that. Um, but it is Tennessee. So everyone with their <laughs> above ground pools out there and whatever, whatever they like to do in their free time. Um, but basically, JB Holmes... Uh, signed up for this gangsome with five other guys, and it's a Calcutta. <laughs> that sounds even worse. He showed um, up to the gangsome. Five other men were yeah, present. I'm here for the gangbang. Uh, but he uh, he sh- signs up under technically, and this is kind of smart because it's technically JB John Bradley is his name. Nobody knew that. I kind of my I rub my two brain cells together really hard and figured that out. Um, but he signed up under that name. And about halfway through the last day, because they bought their own team, and I think the winner was going to walk with like $21,000. Yeah. Well, real quick, explain to Calcutta. So this is a Calcutta event. They're very high profile. I mean, clearly, if you got a fucking PGA Tour, former five-time PGA Tour winner playing in one, he's clearly had some gambling issues or yeah, something. Yeah, he must be hard up for yeah, some cash. That's exactly. Fucking, I'm shocked John Daly hasn't done this. Pregsy's too recognizable. Um but basically a Calcutta, you can do it however many days, but before the last day, um, there's an auction where you can buy your team or somebody else can buy your team or, you know, you can combine with somebody else and buy shares in your team. And basically it's like a share of a stock. You know, you, if you buy the entire thing and they win, you win all the money. So generally I would say most teams buy themselves if they can afford it. Um, and so they bought themselves, of course, and then halfway through the round on Sunday, uh, one of the guys is like, I recognize that dude's golf swing. And so they called him over. Um, basically they had a chat and they, they landed on, they couldn't play for the money. They could still win the event. So they didn't end up walking away with the money. They won the event. Um, apparently JB Holmes created a Twitter account just to tweet out his 
his trophy. I don't know if he had any. No, he's had this account since 2010. Oh, he but has he... 61,000 followers. Oh, shit. Does he not have a... Uh, but he has he... no avatar. Yes, that's what... It... Okay, yeah. I was like, is this a bot or what? Um, but yeah, he tweeted out the trophy and... I'll, I... I'll read the tweet. I did place I did place Scrabble under my real name, so... That's on that's, brand. That's after a few whiskeys, for sure. John Bradley. Uh, it was bring your best team, and we had the best team with a picture of the trophy case, gang some champions, two guns. Uh, pretty awesome trophy, actually. Uh, and I think it's between, I'm trying to see if this is, let me see, uh, the, a PGA tour event trophy, um, really good podcast. I think that's here. a right. That's why you should be on the YouTube. I think that's a Ryder cup. Uh, oh, it could be the two. He won, he's won two Ryder cups. I think that, yeah. Or been that, part of two winning Ryder cup teams. That, I think that's what it was. So he two- puts the gangsome, the gangsome's getting gang banged by the Ryder cup trophies. <laughs> now that. Is a fucking trophy with two guns on it. Yeah, no, that's it, it is says a pretty JB cool. Holmes more than that, right? Oh, one hundred percent. He but, probably appreciates that trophy more than his Ryder Cup trophies. Um, new development. So that has four hundred thirty-six thousand views. Uh, new development, though. Five hours ago, he said, "LOL, these stories are hilarious. Keep them coming. No one has got it right yet." Oh wow. Well, so he could be lying. Mon- too. Yeah, Monday Q info had somebody reach directly out to him from his club and kind of walk him through the entire story. So he's probably just a little embarrassed at this point that he got caught. Um, and it kind of poses the question, like, do you think it's bullshit? Okay. We also have to preface it. He was listed as an 8.8 because of, of your six players in your group, only two could be plus handicaps. So they were clearly breaking the rules there. If, I feel like if he wasn't list, if he was listed as a plus five, then it's fair ball game. Like the tournament I'm playing in this weekend, I'm playing off scratch. I might be sandbagging a hair, um, but I'm not playing off as a, a ten. Like if I was playing off a ten, I would boat race everybody. So like JB Holmes being a tour player playing off an eight point eight is a very far reach. Um, but as the principle of him playing in it, I think I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, obviously the story is great, but overall it's just the handicap that really is the issue for me personally. Yeah. This is one of those things where I get a little, um, for the story, it's hilarious, but JB Holmes has, and this is my favorite, one of my favorite sayings. I I asked, uh, our, our good friend Sean back in the day for strokes and like, you know, basically like, Hey, can I have a couple? I was probably in high school and he goes, you got two arms and two legs, just like me. You were fucking playing straight up. <laughs> and so that has always kind of stuck with me. Like, it's not fair. I, I'm fully aware of the base yeah. level of that statement being not fair. And that's why there are handicaps. It's coloradogolf.org to get yours today. Um, but you're, the, you're also trying to win every bet before you even tee off number one. Me? No. Oh, anyone. Anyway, if like, you're a good gamer. No, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I like, I'm like trying to give, you know, make it make the other person not pissed off. Yeah, me. no, that's just fair. a pleaser. But just as a general good gambling practice on the golf course you want to win you want to get as many strokes or give as few strokes as you want so i think jb definitely overreached a little bit um is that even a word 
overreached? Um, I think so. I've seen that typed okay. out. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is they, uh, so one of the members said they didn't, the thing is they didn't break any rules for having a pro on their team. What they did do is lie and cheat the fellow members by signing him up under a different name. Correct. And that's and what the I think ha- is, And the handicap. And that's why it's so weird of why they decided to do that. Yeah, you know, like what was if the they point didn't have that? a problem with, probably because they're not getting strokes or if it's a, even if it's a gross game, he's, they still had two other plus handicaps on their team. So that's that's really the problem. And everybody just loves to get poopy pants over better golfers beating them and like, oh, that shouldn't be allowed. Like, he's just beat you. Just get better. That's I think Sean also told me that at one point when I lost to him. He's like, just get better, you know? Yeah, he was just like playing. He was playing the same golf course from the same tees as you are. He's just better than you are. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. But I do think, you know, obviously all the – the real details aren't in here, but if he was making like six birdies around and at a, at an eight, you know, in a, I'm sure he was right, and that yeah. that's where it gets to be. They're down there 400 yards off the tee, and everyone's looking around like, who the fuck did they bring out here? So it it is kind of hard because JB Holmes at one point was leading the tour in driving distance, so he's 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 not your Denny McCarthy, your Adam Shank, your your known, you know, like there's probably a hundred dudes that are out on tour right now that you could bring to event I'm playing in. I wouldn't recognize them. Oh yeah. And I, I don't say I cover golf, but I talk about golf like weekly. Yeah. And I wonder if he, I wonder if he like changed his appearance at all. Like that would make it even more hilarious. Cause I feel like, I mean, JB Holmes, there are some low level two. I mean, this dude's won five times on tour, so he's not even a low level player, but I feel like that's a pretty recognizable dude. Yeah. His swing like, is super unique. Do you know what probably happened is he was probably holding up the groups f- behind him because he's so fucking slow. And they were like, God damn, who else plays this slow? And then JB and got... And then they call the that's pros how they out got and pop. then they see his golf swing. And yeah. Like, oh, you're fucked. Yeah, they're like, you're going to have to play faster if we want you to blend in, JB, because this is taking us six hours. <laughs> there is a bunch of funny little innuendos about this. Story. I do think, going back to what we originally said, the fact that he's out there playing a six-man scramble... At a local course in Franklin, Tennessee, for thirty k is, it's got to be down bad. No, I think it was probably a favor to one of his buddies, honestly, or maybe he lost like a poker game, and they're like, you know, if I beat you, you're gonna have to, you have to come play in this tournament with me. You know, he probably either lost a bet to a buddy, or or it's a favor because there's no way. I don't know if you can spend the money he's made in Franklin, Tennessee, at, at once. Yeah, if there, I mean, I guess if there's casinos and strip clubs, JB Holmes was probably. That's true. He doesn't. He strikes me as just a down home dude with like uh, a stock of wheat hanging out of his mouth and like some overalls on and his on his tractor. Okay. You know, out yeah, the, I see that out in the field. He's he's a country bumpkin. I, like I see, I do see that. Yeah, his clearly his spelling is straight out of Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I like playing Scrabbles too. <laughs> Who knows what grade he did he go to college? Um, that's a good question. Probably not. Speaking of Scrabbles, though, <laughs> we have a, a Scrabble coming up here, July twenty first at Broken Tea Golf Club here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, we had the PHNX Keeping It One Hundred event, and dude, I'm telling you what, like working a golf tournament is awesome. I got a great TikTok. Shout out to Ali Monroy for the idea. Um, I got a great TikTok coming out, or I think it's great, so we'll see. It'll probably do 2,000 views. Um, but I had setting up a tournament is fun, and then playing in it is also fun. But I had to just work it, 
I didn't have to. I just decided to to make sure. Oh, he went to University of Kentucky. That also makes a lot that of sense. That checks out. Um, the working a tournament when it's that hot out is a fucking disaster. We had to move like tables with like gear on it a hundred. Like, 50 times because the sun was cooked. My computer wasn't working. That's how hot it was. I had to move my computer inside because I was trying to do things and like set things up and I couldn't do it. It was that hot out when you're playing golf. Yeah, it's still hot. You're making swings. So you're even hotter, but you're sitting in the car, you're driving, you're drinking. I was just sitting out in the hot sun baking like a, a piece of bacon. Literally. I was just cooking. Um, but the tournament was awesome and we have a tournament on that forehead. I can see. No, I had a hat on pins and aces hat for the record. Of course. Um, but the, uh, our golf, our golf scrabble is July 21st, broken tea golf club. Uh, spots are already filling up and it's two months out. So make sure, uh, you're getting signed up for that. Head over to the dnvr.com under golf tournaments, under events. You'll be able to find that. Come join us. We're going to have a great time out there that day. Um, Broken Tea is an awesome new potential sponsor partner uh, as of now. So uh, check out Broken Tea Golf Club if you ever get the chance. We played out there last week, actually. We did. Fucking challenging. The back nine is tough. There's some tight holes, yeah. dude. <laughs> tight. It just it just hits you all at once. You go from... Just hit both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so no, it, it gets tight there on the back so nine, for tight. sure. I'm talking about golf, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's getting in good shape, too. The the Some of the greens were a little bit like coming back from the winter, but that's just Colorado. Yeah, it's just Colorado in May. Colorado in May. It's Oh, it's still May for one more day. Yeah, last day of May. A couple hours. All right, let's get into creating our favorite golfer. Now, this is where you need to head to the YouTube, start watching this podcast on YouTube. Every single one of them will be on there. Um, I believe it was, this guy is getting more active on Twitter and always seems to have some bangers or he's like, he's trying for the is pip. Is Uh, no, Minwoo is not on Twitter. It is, um, Michael Kim. Michael Kim. So Michael Kim right at there. Mike underscore Kim 714 is definitely a guy that is like trying hard on the Twitter and he's trying to get his like name well, out there. Everybody's probably like. Or he probably thinks that everybody knows who Tom Kim is. They need to, he needs to step up his. Kim, I apparently don't his know his Kim game. Yeah, his Kim game. His Kim game is. He needs this town's rank, only rank big enough these for Kims. The... Kim Kardashian, Mr. Kim, and then Michael Kim. Are we talking Mr. Fuck Kim? Mary Kill? <laughs> Are we talking Mr. Kim, your liquor store? No, uh, no. I said Kim Kardashian. Um, you said Mr. Kim. Oh, is that well, that, who's the dude? From that was Hangover? the dude who owned the liquor store. Didn't you call him? Yeah, Mr. Kim. That yeah. was the legend. Yeah. I bought liquor at 18 for three years. Yeah, exactly. That's I would probably put him at the top. Maybe we might need to bleep that. <laughs> Authority's coming for me. No, I think you're fine. That's like the seventh worst thing we've said in the last hour. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, What's the guy from fucking That's Hangover? Leslie Chow. Uh, Chow, okay. That's not close. Chow Kim. That's appropriation. Whatever. Uh, um, no, I Kim Kardashian at the bottom. Um, at the well, bottom of you or at the bottom of at the, the bottom of the kill? list you just asked me to create oh, okay. my god I said okay alright we're getting off topic yeah um, no I think Tom and Michael are battling it out for the top Kim now on the PGA yeah. Tour and and Tom's got the clear lead so anyways back to Michael Kim um, he said Michael Block got me thinking oh that's a rough look these guys can't like take a second to fucking proofread your tweet got, well he's like talking like the NBA players talk like got me thinking 
Um, yeah, it could be. That's also another road we don't need to go down. My <laughs> ideal player from current golfers. Off the tee, Cam Young. Approaching the green, Colin Morikawa. Around the greens, Patrick Reed with a laughing face, like a, ooh, like I said that. Dude, and putting name. Xander Schauffele. Can you think of a better player? Um, and so we went in, and we're thinking of a better player. We're thinking of a more fun player. And we have got... So we're going to start with driving... Uh, driving the ball, and I copied my boy Michael Cam Young. Just yeah. he, I mean, the dude. Be creative. The dude averages 190 ball speed and swings it at 124, and tour averages 113. No, like I mean, he, he moves it, and it's it's awesome to watch. I'm not gonna bet on him ever again until he wins, um, because he's pissed me off enough. But he's right up at the top of the odds again this week. It's like, what do you? Maybe people just love betting him, so they have to, you know, make his odds a little tighter. Um, but yeah, he's the. Be- like low hanging fruit, the best driver of the ball on tour right now. Yeah, and I just he had to be there somewhere, so I was just like, all right, I I want. This. No, I agree. I mean, but it's literally the the list you got off Twitter. It's like, oh, you just snag the first name you see. Like, do some research, dog. Um, so uh, y- yeah, you're it. like, oh, Cameron Young, great pick. Oh, that's very clever of you. Very well thought out. Um, so are we doing? Are, are you doing your whole player in the night? No. Okay, it's so my driver. 1v1 here, yeah. Okay. So my driver of the ball is Dustin Johnson. Um, hit you with some stats. Since 2011, um, basically till 2021 was the last time he played full-time on the PGA Tour, he won- he led uh, strokes gained off the tee three times in 10 years. Pretty good. Uh, Rory was another guy that was up there, I think, with three. And then... Actually, I'm not. I never would vote for this guy or take him. But Bubba had. I think he had three in the last twelve years. So um, Bubba is a sneaky dude, and a lot of it's based on distance. You you won't find a single dude on strokes gain driving uh, off the tee that is short. You know what I mean? Like there's accuracy, and then there's distance, and then there's some combination of the two. And Dustin Johnson, for as long as I can remember has just hit this bullet fade um, and he knows exactly where it's going. Like he is, he was like, I feel like the first dude to really introduce like distance and accuracy. Would you agree? Like he, he, for me personally. Yeah. The first guy that was truly dominant off the tee where it's like, Oh, Oh, another, you know, here's a Kyle Berkshire. That guy hasn't made it past, you know, any of the long drive guys. Yeah. Never have never make it on tour for a reason. This guy was a guy that could put it all together, but especially off the tee, you're like, oh, this dude's insanely long. Yeah. Like he's also insanely accurate. Yeah. He has a clear advantage. Like he can take over a golf tournament basically just with his tee shots because that the kind of positions like I remember him and uh, Jordan Spieth in a playoff a few years ago and. I think he had like 30 or 40 yards on Spieth. And Spieth has gotten longer in the last year or so. Um, but still, like the guy just drives the ball so well. And he just knows where it, knows where it's going. So I had to go with DJ. That's a great pick. Uh, next, we're moving on to approaching the green. Uh, my guy's Tony Finau. Just a dude that hits a lot of irons really good. And he's always 
you know, he obviously his putter is like, yeah, he's kind of uh, his his driving is great, but it's not quite as accurate as he could be. But approaching the green, he's he's a top 10 guy in strokes gained approach every year. And he's, you know, starting to win smaller events. But I think his game, that's where he really excels. I'm, I'm a big approach yeah. to green iron guy, so I can get in with those guys. You Tony are he now is my guy. You are an iron guy. Except for this year, dude. My irons have been I tragically bad. Everything I hit is, is left. left. Yeah. It's so it's bad. I need a lesson. So <laughs> uh you I would give you one, but you just don't fucking listen to me. Probably true. Um so my approaching the green is a guy who never hits it left uh with his irons. He definitely does with the driver, Max Homa. Um hits a gorgeous little baby fade with all of his irons. Uh the driver I feel like has gotten him in a bit of trouble. He's uh, the last couple years been, I think this year right now he's 14th in strokes gain approach. Um, so hitting the ball well last year, he's been in the top 40 the last three years. So not like low hanging fruit. Here's Colin Morikawa. Everybody he he dominates all iron statistics. Uh, so I figured I'd give him a mention. But I just love Max has got like this exact same rhythm. Uh, just hits a nice little buttery cut, bleeds those wedges in left to right. Uh, I just, it's aesthetically pleasing to me. So I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going, moving to around the green. Um, my guy is Justin Thomas. He just, I feel like he has just such a buttery short game. And when talking around the green, like it, I went a little bit more like out, I guess like 20, 30 yards. He's just so good at making great like pitching the ball. Exactly. I actually thought about Jordan Spieth here. Uh, he was kind of in my, like, and I'm not necessarily saying he's just a good chipper, but I feel like he chips it in more than anybody on tour. I feel like when you, when you, okay, yeah, Scheffler dunks <laughs> every just week. fills it up. Yeah, yeah, but he, we, ironically, I don't think we picked anything here, but that was like the lame, like, we could have picked Scheffler or Rom. For yeah, like build your golfer, Scotty Scheffler, the whole fucking yeah, way through. Yeah, one of the first uh, replies He's to leading that. in driving this year, actually. Um, Justin, no, Scotty Scheffler? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's leading, he's fucking he, just a yeah. machine. Overall strokes gained, he's leading everything. Um, but that's what putting. that's what somebody uh replied to that original Michael Kim tweet and said tiger, 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 tiger. Yeah, and which is like probably if you his- combined all the top strokes gained, t- like every single category, every different player, and because that's how they add up strokes gained like total. Um, is they take all the different metrics and add them up. Uh, Tiger's two thousand season is as high strokes gained as if you took every best guy this year. So he literally had the best driver, the best irons, the best short game, the best putting. That's like crazy. Complete machine. But that's just another crazy Tiger stat. Um, my around the green is I feel like he's a dude I had to have on there, and I knew you were going to have him for another reason, um, which I think you do. Uh, but Cam Smith, like his bunker game is unbelievable. That's kind of where I think of him is like his bunker game just is so good. I remember him at the Masters a couple years ago, his pitch across the lake, uh, his, you know, just those 30, 40 yard pitch shots. And then we were watching him live in Tulsa, like his wedge game is insane. He just, it, he's so consistent, like his game overall, like besides his driving is probably his least strong um, cause he's a great putter too. Like he, and he's not my putter. So, uh, but just Cam Smith's short game, I would, 
I would give anything to. And I would say short game's generally my strength, but he would beat me up and down the golf course all day around the greens. So. Yeah, you think Michael Block? I'm surprised Michael Block isn't on there for you. Just <laughs> at, just at edging out Cam Smith. I should have done that. Yeah. Well, it is kind of crazy. We'll talk about Cam for just a sec. How good his short game is, both putting and chipping. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, he's good, but he wasn't like winning a ton when he was on tour. Yeah. You know, it's it's so like you have to have everything to win mm-hmm. and, and win consistently. And so you gotta drive driving it. Driving hitting, it his is... his irons just must be not that great either if he's that good. No, I think his greens. irons are pretty good. I think his driving really hurts him. Because he's not that long and he's pretty inaccurate, relatively speaking. Uh, that's, yeah, it's a bad So when combo. he has a good driving week, that's like when he wins. Like TPC Sawgrass, what was that, two years ago? Um, I think he won the players. So like everything was dialed in. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like anybody. You know, you have one glaring weakness in your game and you do that well that week, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on. We'll just copy and paste the same name um, into the putting. That's Cam Smith. Watching him roll it at in Oklahoma is just, it's a thing of beauty. He's got that old Scotty. Yeah. Um, and he just, he, I feel like maybe, you know, the longer putts, he, I feel like he doesn't make a ton of like those 20, 30 footers that you Inside see. Inside like, 10 feet. But yeah, he, he does, does not, not miss, miss yeah. dude. It's, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's just the way he reads it or if it's, you know. His just, stroke is just automatic. Yeah. Like, he, he you is never the, seemed different tempo from his full swing all the way down to his short game to his putting. It's the same like even the way he walks and those those are the difference you can tell with elite players is they just carry themselves the exact same way like any like a basketball player like you know Nikola Jokic they asked Michael Porter and they said what's just one word to describe him he said consistency he has the same routine he does the same things he he works on the same like he just yeah. is in a groove and Cam Smith I actually learned from I don't know if it was a golf article or a video but I am trying to be consistent with his putting, not his stroke, because my stroke is god awful. Just right behind, right in front of fucking rigs. What you're talking about is, uh, oh god, I forgot. Aim point. It, aim po- there we go. Yeah, Thank so you. So he does aim point. Took but, you long enough. But god. then when he stands over it, he basically puts his left hand on his left thigh and has his right hand on the putter and looks at the line, puts his left hand on the club and goes. Like, yeah. It's not a bunch of you know practice stroke. Look up. Look back. Look like it's just routine. A consistent, yeah. Routine. yeah. Routine is very underrated in golf, and I. I've even talked to Allie about her routine in golf before, just taking a practice swing every time or, you know, on a practice chip, looking at the hole, picking a spot where you want to land it. Like all that shit is so underrated because it just connects your brain to subconsciously make your body do what it wants it to do. So, yeah, the routine is huge. And Cam Smith is just super consistent all the way across the board on that. Yeah. All right. uh, Your putter. My putter is a dude that I generally don't love, but I just, when he gets hot from distance, not a short putter, but when he's hot from distance, he's the best. He can gain them. I feel like he is the most to gain when he's putting well. Does that make sense? Yes. Like when he's, he, he, I think there was something like when he went on his run in like 16, 17, he was making 20 to 30 footers. Like the average tour pro would make like a seven footer. Yeah, the, like I just some remember, insane fucking stat. I remember the U.S. Did he win the U.S. Open? Uh, are you talking about the British, the Open or the Championship? Open Championship. He was making like twenty, every, foot, like everything he looked at. Yeah, and, and he could hit the ball anywhere. And yeah, putting is the ultimate equalizer, and we know statistically speaking, it's not always going to be great, like a lot of averages. But when he is hot, 
the dude just like everything he looks at goes in. So I, I figured putting, I, I couldn't leave him off because he's at one point he was best player in the world. Like he's struggling mightily. I think he's outside the top 100 in strokes gained putting uh, this year, along with Morikawa, Justin Thomas, all these other dudes who we think of as elite, like they're putting. And it goes back to like, I remember 15 years ago, Boo Weekly was first in ball striking in like 176 in strokes gained putting. And he probably had like a below average year. So ultimately like ball striking is important, but you still got to, if you really suck that bad at putting, it just nullifies anything you do well tee to green. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And, and vice versa. Like it, if you are good at yeah, putting, you can't, it nullifies you can't make you up for, yeah, you can't make up for one aspect of your game with another largely speaking. Like yeah. everything Other, like putting is the one that is the closest to for sure. Making up for hit. You could hit three God awful shots, barely landed on the green, be 40 feet away and make a putt. And it's a par, you know, it's, exactly. it is the one, the one part of the game that's just extremely important. Um, now we're going to get to the extremely important things like hair, style, and personality. So hair, um, I did Ricky Fowler. See, I, I figured I you'd put have my, Cam Smith here. I was going to, but I didn't want to double him up. We all know that that's like the Tiger thing. Cam Smith is obviously the best hair of anyone on the in, yeah. on any tour. No, it's that's amazing. That's fucking hands down. Um, but I chose Ricky Fowler because of his like ability to change hairstyles he used to yeah. have like the little kid look that we all had when you're 15 and you get like the blowout and, like, <laughs> but he was like 23 the, the, at the yeah. time but everybody loved that, him yeah and he had it under the big orange hat and then now he's like got this like super like crisp cut with short like he's he's been through the gamut of hair but still solid no he's so definitely matured was well obviously on number one here yeah no ricky hasn't he he could have held on for too long on that hair and he didn't like he knew when to get rid of it like I'm not. It might have coincided with the time he got a girlfriend. Yeah, started, you know, getting married. All yeah, that stuff. he's like, I, I gotta grow up. There's no more bunk beds. There's no more bowl cuts. Like, I gotta get a, a an adult haircut. Um, my hair. I'm going on the other end of the spectrum because he, well, he's been doing it as long as he's been around. Uh, the mechanic for any of you who are familiar um, with. Miguel Angel Jimenez, his his game just in general. Uh, he walks around, smokes cigars like all the time during his round of golf. Uh, he's like a wine connoisseur. He he basically can do. He's like the most interesting man in the world. I feel like, um, and he, he's got. This, he's the reason for Dosakis. Yeah, exactly. No, he should be Dosakis spokesman. I they whiffed on that, um, but he's got a long curly man bun. And he's the only dude I think that doesn't look like a douchebag with a man bun. So sick. Yeah. Um, If anybody's seen Spencer's hair today, douche. And if you haven't, check out our YouTube channel. Yeah. Look at this. No, it, I mean, it looks, the camera actually makes it look decent. I wouldn't recommend getting this close to it, but uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez has looked the exact same for forever. And he just, he's got a great mustache. Uh, His stretching routine, if you want to look up something that, I actually use a few of his moves. I like drop it down on the. Use I a figure few of his moves on the dance floor. Yeah, no, I. He does some wild shit on the driving range, all while smoking a stogie. So I just figured I had to get him in there. He's like the most interesting man in golf. Yeah. All right. Um, my next category is my next player is going to be John Daly, and the category is style. 
the, the loudmouths are just they're kind of they were they hit their peak when we were in high school. Like I was rocking loudmouths. People thought they were stupid. Then they like kind of got cool. Um, they're they're like if you're that guy that wants to dress up with his buddies for a tournament, like you get loudmouths. Like that's a, yeah. that's the thing because everybody can do a crazy shirt. Anybody can wear a crazy shirt. Crazy pants. Are There's a whole those new are a level. statement. Yeah. yeah. No, they walked so every brand now could run say pins and aces um which segues me into my uh favorite style on tour and that is rafa Campos. he is a pins and aces staffer so he rocks all the pins and aces stuff i actually have seen him in a tournament um in the shirt that spencer has on so he is the best styling dude out on the tour got the best polos in the game and he actually uh he had the story where I guess he like cut like 30 pounds. He was like sick of like being out of shape. It should inspire me, but I don't, it hasn't inspired me enough clearly. Uh, but the pins and aces do look very good on him. So he, he represents the floral. He's got all the different crazy designs. Like they didn't dial it back at all. And it just looks super good with all his logos on there. It's a, uh, it's tough to beat. Yeah. I think we're about maybe five to 10 years from a lot of like really good PGA tour players wearing, not, crazier stuff. Yeah, hopefully pins and aces. Yeah, well, but once like, the older school guys kind of get not phased out, but like the, the the traditional stuff that like even kids our age grew up with. You know what I mean? Like if you were in golf in the early two thousands, you were still wearing the you know the leather shoes and the pants and turtle not turtlenecks, uh, like sweater vests and you know all that old school shit. It's more moving into the hoodies and the the colorful polos and joggers which you know i still don't love but i i can get down on it because they're pins um, and aces yeah exactly they make the best shit um all right last one but certainly not least personality of players on tour i'm gonna go with dustin johnson it's a fun <laughs> one yeah because like i envy people that don't give a fuck yeah and he is or just the don't ultimate... you're just not smart enough to give a fuck well i don't know like i think he's maybe like sneaky smarter than he acts but like his comment about hurting his back banging his wife was <laughs> probably the best comment that i've heard on a, in an interview in fucking since i've heard interviews yeah um and like everybody knew what he was saying he gave the huh, huh. You, you don't get that shit on the pga tour no absolutely or was, well, that no, was, was at, at the pga, PGA championship okay no was less. it a major is it a major um, it doesn't but count no dustin johnson just has the ultimate d gaff um we used to use that all the time when we were kids d gaff yeah. He doesn't care. He's got. He's dating Wayne or married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. He's a multimillionaire. He's the ultimate like just chill and seems like a cool dude. Like that's the thing. He's not like uptight like that. Like he's yeah, not like Patrick Cantley like that. He's no. Dustin Johnson. So yeah, that's I think the, the he's making one hundred and ten million, one hundred and seven million dollars this year. So I think he's doing pretty well for himself. Uh, my personality is going to be Tyrrell Hatton just because I love the way he acts on the golf course. He, I would say I'm somewhat similar because I like to talk shit to myself. Uh, when I'm out there, I have some creative names for what I call myself. And he Hillbilly just, is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell White calls trash. himself a hillbilly five times around. Yeah. Uh, it's just my thing. I don't know. And we can do that because we why. grew up with a lot of hillbillies. Yeah, exactly. I know what a hillbilly looks like. and <laughs> Front and it's center. It's not necessarily me, but when I fucking thin shank a four iron, maybe it is. Uh, he's just very, very like, he'll bitch about anything because that's what I do. Like, I miss, 
I, I tow it a little bit and it's in the fairway and I'm still saying that I towed it. So I, he was probably just my most relatable, I would say. Um, and that's why I rolled with Tyrrell. Understood. Well, um, that is our creative golfer. We are going to tweet this out and put it on our Instagram. If you're not following us there at big drive energy on Twitter at big drive energy pod on Instagram, we're going to see who created the better golfer. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're following us along, following along with us, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get those Apple podcasts, Spotify, and check out the YouTube. So you get to see our sick outfits. Always wearing pins and aces. Uh, enjoy the memorial this weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. We're gonna have a couple guests on um, from the that played in the, the USGA, USGA uh, four, four ball. ball out in Carolina. So we'll have them on <laughs> Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> we'll have them on next week. Uh, enjoy the memorial. We'll talk to you then. Peace.